What is up, little biscuits and sun-dried tomatoes? It's your boy, Eddie Collins. Well, guys, it's Justin Brown. And before we get to this bonus episode of our review on a haunting in Venice, uh, Justin, I was alerted by some of our patrons that I was so fucked up by our review on the strange thing about the Johnsons that mm-hmm. I didn't even mention the Patriot thoughts. You lost yourself. Blasphemy. You lost yourself. And remember, folks, it's almost from- <laughs> like it's almost like Brandon that you got so distracted because you felt like you were in a bathtub and someone was trying to kick down the door. Oh Jesus, that's yeah. <laughs> I just did not like it. I didn't have a good feeling that whole episode, um, and I wanted it to be done. So I'm sorry for mm-hmm. the Patriots that thought I had abandoned them, uh, that we had abandoned them. Remember, you sign up at Patreon, uh, Patreon.com/slash Media Popcorn. You are guaranteed to have your thoughts and reviews of the films we review read on that episode if you submit anything. So apologies again to our beautiful Patriots. But uh, first up, for regarding the strange thing about the Johnsons, was Ali Johnson who wrote terrifyingly uh, twisted. I've never considered the possibility of the situation, but you never know. And then uh, mm-hmm. Terry wrote, I still haven't forgiven my friend for suggesting I watch this. Yep, I'm, I'm in that same league with you, Terry. Yep. Simba Jackson at Best Bed Pod wrote, the greatest April Fool's Day prank I ever pulled on the homies, 100%. And then <laughs> and the symbol resp- replied, that's top five unhinged April Fool's jokes of all time. And then Simba Jackson replied, I thought that was what I said. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> so we have some crazy ass fans. And the symbol also wrote, praise black Jesus. This wasn't a full length movie. Few films make my skin crawl like this. I completely hear you there. Said Tobias wrote, some of the craziest shit ever created. Ari Aster is one of a kind. LOL, this new joint, Bo is afraid, is next level wild. I've heard similar things. Uh, mm-hmm. Melvin Atkins wrote, this movie fucked me up. These thoughts should not be in your head. I haven't been the same since. Melvin, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, Derek Harris wrote, Dad should have put a Chris Bonet on the sun. I'm sorry. God, that's fucked up. Um, yeah. Oof. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot. And then Strawfire71 wrote, What did I just watch through fingers? Is Ari okay? Will I be okay after watching this? I don't think so, Strawfire71. <laughs> I think we're all a little less together because of the strange things about the Johnsons. That movie fucked me up. But one uh, silver lining in all of this, Justin, uh, is that we did get a new Patriot. Oh, so baby. We make a quick phone call across the seas to Mr. Elba. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Hey, how you doing, uh, you, you velvety, velvety uh, voiced man? Um, I'm doing just fine, Brandon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you handling the break, you know, with uh, the strike and everything? What are you up to? What do you do during your free time? Like, what's an Idris Elba lazy Sunday like? Or Lazy Monday in this case. Well, I'm still training uh, Thai boxing and, uh, you know, just really taking the time with my family okay. and, and enjoying some time off. Okay. What's your, uh, but, you know, are you keeping it tight? Are you keeping it tight as you can, you know, just in case Hollywood, you know, resolves things and uh, the James Bond folks finally come a calling? Well, like I said, it's doing, t- you know, still keeping up with my Thai boxing. Okay. You know, so it's a nice little workout there. Okay. But um, just making sure, I'm, you know, I'm ready, but, you know, also, you know, just supporting my brothers and sisters out there who are uh, dealing with the strike. And, you know, some of the folks who aren't as fortunate as I have been, just making sure I'm helping them out there. Well, I don't know how fortunate you are, man. You look like you call from a closet, so I don't, I don't know what's happening. But I hope everything's okay. We did get a new Patriot, uh, actually, who's a returning Patriot as well. Uh, so I wanted you to shout them out real quick. Tia Pope. To you, you are a pope, which also means that you are royalty in some way of sort. 
because, you know, the actual Pope and then Olivia Pope, you know, there's so many Popes out there. Tia, thank you for becoming a patriot once again. Thank you for your patronage. We love you. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Alba, for that. I, I hope life treats you well. And I hope next time we talk, uh, maybe this, the you know strike has been resolved. Or if not, you know, maybe we can talk about scheduling a, a, a fighting, a live fighting event for our, our audience. Like, you know, me versus you. And, um, you know, I know people would love to I'd see love me. That. I'd yeah. love that. Yeah, I would love I'd it, love too. It. I would love it, too. I would love to see your blood on the floor and me standing over you with my fist clenched and saying, Eddie got the best of you. Pretty sure that won't be the case, but all right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, Idris. Justin, you're just going to sit around while me and Idris talk? You're not going to say hi to the man? I, I mean, you kind of just just jump in, and you don't even let me get a word in. You it's never crazy. give it a word when you we're talking to Idris. It's fucking weird. It's almost like you, I don't know. It's, it's, it's odd. I'll just leave it at I that. Know. I don't know, man. All right, but folks, enjoy this bonus episode of A Haunting in Venice. Peace. <laughs> What's up, little biscuits and sun-dried tomatoes? It's your boy, Eddie Collins. Guys, and this is Justin Brown. And we're here with the illustrious Tatiana. Hello, everybody. And we've just gotten out of a screening for Haunting in Venice, which uh, is going to be the basis for this mini-review. So it's a Kenneth Branagh-directed and acted uh, adaptation of Halloween, Agatha Christie's uh, mystery, which I actually read. Of course he did. And uh, well, nigga, I like murder mysteries, man. Well, you Brandon and my seventy-eight-year-old abuela have the same taste in books. Yeah, we yes. be rocking. That's what they bond Agatha over. Christie, baby. Agatha Christie. Yeah, we be rocking. We be getting this shit, you know, solved and stuff. Even though Agatha Christie, what I like about her shit is that you really don't see who the killer is. It's Maybe pretty, for you. No, no, it's pretty impressive. It's like uh, what they said about the guy Knives Out, the first one. When he wrote those murder mysteries, like you never see like the killer coming, kind of. Yeah, but that's how that's how I feel about a lot of Agatha Christie stories. Anyways, so I want to hear y'all's impression of this shit because I read the book and this is completely different than what I was expecting. So let's start with you, Tatiana. What were your initial thoughts on the haunting in Venice? Well, also I, we're walking and talking as we record this. Yeah, right. this so is New York City at its finest. Talking to, uh, we're walking to Ninth Avenue. So if you hear background noise, forgive us. Or a homeless person. Well, background noise in general, but yeah, yeah. thank or you. Or a stabbing or a shooting. Who, who knows? Um, so I did not read this book, nor do I read Agatha Christie. I just love a good murder mystery. And I wanted this to be a little bit spookier, especially considering Spooky it's... Spooky season. Yeah, like it, considering it takes place on Halloween and it's 1940s Venice and it's like a spooky palazzo that's supposed to be haunted. Um, but I will say that having no idea of what was going to happen, I think they could have uh, kicked up the notch on the 
on the spookiness, especially considering it's it's called a haunting in Venice. This particular movie. Okay, Justin. Uh, yeah. So I mean, much like Tati, I I really don't. Actually, I do know a little bit of Agatha Christie. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, and and I did. You know, I think the one or two uh, books I've read of hers, I very much did enjoy. I, so I am a fan of of her work, even though it's like a hundred years past. Um, <laughs> and there are a ton of people just rollerblading. There's like rollerblading, it's like a rollerblade yeah, like rave, flash mob. And stuff. Yeah, so that's weird. Um, <laughs> but um, I, this I didn't mind. Really once I realized uh, where it was set. Yeah. Um, I guess I did expect a little spookiness. Thank you. But even the, yeah, but also then I'm like, okay, this is Agatha Christie. I I then quickly is just like, it's not going to be as spooky as we think. Okay. Uh, and you know they had like a few like little like jump, jump scares, scares yeah. uh, that happen here and there as a horn blares. Your um, horn blows just like your it mother. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> <Tati>? okay. <laughs> um, uh, but but I, I everything the the way the way it was moving I was just like okay these jump scares are just to give us you know that kind of spooky feeling yeah. it was the, it was to create the aesthetic but it wasn't going to be the main uh, you know the main uh, I guess uh, feel of the film yeah I mean it, I don't mean to cut you off Brendan yeah. but do you it was giving me a little bit Scooby Doo. No. Well, yeah, I mean, Agatha Christie, I mean, Scooby-Doo, I think, yeah. has to be inspired by yeah. some of her stuff. Yeah, Because that, that whole genre is yeah. very Scooby-Doo. I mean, I mean, I guess, no, Scooby-Doo is like a play on that whole genre of the murder mystery genre. But I think, genre. like, very much like the, yeah, touche. Hey, how you doing? Um, anyways, but no, it was, it was, as I was watching the film, it was giving me Scooby-Doo vibes of like... I mean, it, it, I think that's also the acting. I, I will say okay. the acting is, in all of these Kenneth Branagh, like Agatha Christie movies, whether it's a Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile, all the performances are fucking inconsistent. Like, this is, there was some, there were some performances that were downright comical, like in how bad they were. And then there was somewhere where I was like, all right, you're playing it straight. You're playing it like you kind of understand the assignment. And it's just like, for me, I'm just like, I don't know how he keeps getting money to do these movies. Because these are period pieces. They're not cheap. That's true. And for me, like, I read the book. This is a very loose adaptation of it. So essentially, in this movie, uh, Kenneth Branagh's uh, detective character gets recruited by Tiffany, uh, Tina Fey, uh, who's an American writer who's like kind of been struggling a little bit and she brings him along for this party that's like a children's holiday party for orphans or something as it's a, like dilapidated like building that's dilapidated dilapidated yeah <laughs> that's apparently in, in venice the buildings are either cursed or uh what do they say haunted yeah haunted right and so i mean it's a city built on water which yeah. is insane when you which think about it it's funny because when i was wa- uh, when we were watching i was like man how many kids drown in fucking venice oh shit every year i mean venice is currently like actually underwater right now well, well global i mean climate change and shit like they're like fu- you need like galoshes fucked. if you plan on being a tourist yeah. in venice right now yeah <laughs> you better give your baby floaties as soon as <laughs> right <laughs> like, you little you little swim arms but uh, so there's at this house. It's uh, ran by this woman named uh, by Kelly, uh, who's played by Kelly Riley from Yellowstone, and essentially her daughter died a year before 
suicide drowning, supposedly. Alicia Drake. And, they, um, unfortunately, they yeah. only said her name in, in <laughs> so full. So many times. Yeah, so <laughs> many times. And so they're, she's essentially having a seance um, with Michelle Yeoh, who's the, the, supposed to be the medium. Who she looks so delicious. She you, looks delicious. Yeah, you were immediately like, Michelle Yeoh. I mean, she yeah. delivered for the time that she was on screen. No, but she also, yeah. like, you know, you know, the gray hair that she had coming through, she looked good. She looks fucking good. I've always been a fan of Michelle. So my biggest issue is that so she's essentially like, oh, um, you know, they do the seance and she's essentially like, oh, she she says that she was possessed by the daughter and that she was murdered. So in the original story, it's a little girl that actually goes up to it's a kid's holiday Halloween party. And this little girl who like has been known to fib and shit. She's like, I saw murder last year. And then she ends up dead bobbing for apples. And so then it's like, okay, was she telling the truth? And if she was, what was the murder she saw? And that's what the story is. Got it. Whereas so this, this, they just play, they, they, they chicken out on killing a kid. Which, several as kids, you all know, according to you, I no? need to kill. No, no, they kids. only kill, they only I kill mean, one kid, but they were going to kill another at the end. <laughs> what were you saying, Justin? Because I, I know you said, said as you crazy know, shit. I need to kill kids. I was Jesus like, wait a second, Christ. that did not sound that very good. That did not sound that good. Not on, sound screen. Yeah, on, on screen. On screen. So, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, Justin and I are on the same page when it comes to kids and movies. Like, they can all catch the L. Yep. Um, catch and I think fade. that's how I take a movie seriously, <laughs> especially it. a murder mystery. Is like, if you take some kids out, like, I know that y'all are, you know, as a director, as a writer, you try to do right by the story itself. Um, considering I knew nothing about this particular story, yeah. I was a little disappointed to see that no kids were harmed. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I would say I, I had some questions, right? Because this takes place in like the late, late 40s. Mid to late yeah, 40s. So this is after World War II. And there was a lot of contemporary shit, right? Like the way they talked wasn't really. It didn't feel reflective of 1947 or whatever this is supposed to be. It was questionable. You yeah. know, my grandma would have been a whole, like, three years old when this movie took place. Okay. Mm. Um, but yeah. I would say... My dad was about almost 10. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> <Justin>. <laughs> But I would say... R.I.P., Mr. Brown. The one thing I would say that kind of threw me off as someone who went to Catholic school for most of her education was these nuns taking place in Halloween celebration. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's Italy, Catholic, 1940s. You know, it's not really a thing that happens within the Catholic Church that yeah. I am aware of. Yeah. Um, because Halloween is mostly seen as like more of like a pagan holiday, but also yeah, but you know in what? cahoots with like the devil. Yes. So but, not you know, sure how. All soul. No, but but they use the all souls thing. Uh, so like you know that's technically the holiday attached to it. Uh, and I guess it, it th that comes from. Um, I mean, I guess is more. It is more of a pagan uh, holiday. Well, but then again, Catholicism has uh, basically leached off of um, all the pagan holidays and just and just spun them. And then obviously commercialization. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. what I was pointing to was the fact that Tina Fey mentions that this is the American influence on the oh, new yeah, yeah, Italy. Yeah. So they were talking about after like Mussolini and all of that stuff. But what I'm saying is, like, the Catholic Church is still the Catholic Church. So these nuns in charge of these orphans, I don't think would have participated in a Halloween party in which these orphans were dressed up in as ghouls and goblins of such. And See, in, I, in a palazzo yeah. that's but deemed to be haunted. But hold on. Uh, the, the nuns were not participating. 
it was an outside organization that put this together. So that's what made me think that that might have been a thing because when they showed the visions of the the daughter having the hallucinations and stuff, I was like, oh, it's the theater nigga. And then we never got any context of like who that character was. I was like, oh, I guess that's not going to be it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, well, if the detective is there to disprove like the hallucinations and the haunting uh, theory of this house, then it's got to be something else. And I was kind of let down by like what it actually was with the fucking honey and the tea. I was well, like, oh, well, that's- I, f- I didn't figure out the who done it. I figured out the the murder weapon, right? Because it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. We've been playing a lot of Clue, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of Clue with my godchildren. They love that game. Um, and I love a good murder mystery, so together I just slaughter them at the game board. But um, there's a scene in which Michelle Yeoh is a uh, character is, you know, claiming she's being possessed by the the daughter, the, the, daughter, the ghost of Alicia Drake. And in it, the detective who has been retired for some time now is just sipping on this tea. And I was like, what a choice to show us this detective sipping on tea like why and i was like oh that's clearly like the the murder weapon the way in which this girl died um but as far as the who done it which only makes it something as far as like they have to be close to her would either have been the maid or the mom so by process of elimination i was like all right these are the only two suspects i care for so to sit through a whole movie within the first what 20 minutes they give away that huge clue i was like all right just just tell me who it was. That's so, what I was telling Justin. Well, but that's the, that's the thing with all these movies and and such. You know, there's always the red herrings that they throw around. So many red herrings in, in the film. But I think this one they did a pretty decent job at giving you credible red herrings uh, all all throughout. And, and I mean, and because it felt kind of like if it wasn't going to be Tina Fey who he kept close to him, I was like, it's got to be the mom because the mom never got interrogated. Well, yeah, but at the same time, the I, I, and once and we, the boyfriend spoke, told her, once the ex so, said that like she freaked out and wouldn't didn't want them to be together, she ripped up the garden and stuff. I I, I was like, it's probably the mom. So, well, I mean, but t- this is the thing though. Yes, and like we 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 spoke earlier yeah. about how like the movie um, it, it wrapped up fast, but it still kind of it moves kind of slow. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah, the pacing was fucking weird. The pacing was weird, but you know, and you know, to wrapping up fast is you know uh, plays to the oh, genre. Okay. Oh, we're not gonna stop. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're not gonna stop the oh, the media sure. popcorn about to die. Pile losses against taxis and shit. Um, <laughs> I think at the same time, like they move the interrogations. Did move uh, qu- rather quickly. They did. They did. You know? I was thankful for and that. And I think that they moved the interrogations rather quickly to throw you off to the fact is that they didn't interrogate the mom or they didn't uh. get to the mom. So like I think that they were. I think a lot of the things that uh, the way the interrogations were going were were very purposeful, and the talk with the mom, like I think that. It is almost set up so you kind of forgot about it because they mm. spoke to the mom first about everything that went on. True, true. Yeah. I will say, though, considering, like B- Brandon pointed out, a lot of the, the differences, right, from the book to the screen adaptation, I will say it wasn't a terrible uh, projection of, like, a new idea, right, being inspired by this original story yeah. and having to make certain changes, albeit, you know, maybe it was due to the fact that they didn't want to kill a kid on screen or whatever. Yeah. Kill them right? well, There's also, like, kill a little babies. bit of a 
little bit of like a pedophilia thing going on in the original story. Like the the killer has a relationship with like a young girl and stuff. So oh, I get why they adapted, like they changed it, and I, I I can appreciate the changes they made. It just felt like I was telling Justin, it felt rushed, but also incredibly slow, which is a weird. I mean, like like I said for the beginning, before it even like this this movie started, I'm like. Ryan Johnson with the Knives Out series is doing Agatha Christie better than Kenneth Brown is doing it with actual Agatha Christie stories. Well, mm. I mean, I don't know that you can compare because Ryan Johnson is having more modern murder mysteries. Yeah. Whereas okay. um, in, in this particular... Kenneth Brown is like stuck to the time period and stuff. You're sticking to the time period. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, there's only so much you can do as far as creativity in, in changing a story and the ways in which you can kill someone. I, yeah. I get that. Well, I don't think I, you I could mean, compare them guess, apples to apples. I guess it's ways in which they can kill someone that would be exciting to us, you know, per, per uh, se. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, I will ways. say that Jamie, the guy is Jamie Dorian, right, from the Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. We oh, played the, the, drunk, the, the drunk doctor. Is he giving, like, Henry Cavill? Yes, he's trying yeah, he was. to. Okay. Yeah, he he's was. trying to. I mean, I would have appreciated Henry being in that role a little same, bit more. Same, same. Because um, I, I think Jamie Dorian, I think he tries too hard. He was. I, I. I just felt that his performance was not good in this. Um, same with. Uh, by the way, I felt really bad. The housekeeper. I don't know what that actress's name is off the top of my head, but I did not know that was her real nose because she was in the House of Gucci, and I thought they gave her a terrible nose job ma- like for makeup. Like a prosthetic. Yeah, because she's like the love interest that comes in and swoops Adam Driver away from Lady Gaga, in the third act. And I thought that was like, ooh, that's a weird makeup job. Nope, that's apparently her real nose. So yeah, I feel bad about that. There I mean, is it or do they, they, do they just exaggerate it just a bit? I mean, it's possible. But I thought the kid actor was weird, too. I thought I liked the payoff at the end. I thought the kid did a good job with the payoff at the end. Yes. Yeah. With, like, revealing what his intention was. But before that, I don't know if it was the editing or just, like, the tone. It just wasn't hitting for me. And I know some people in the audience were chuckling. I just was not... I wasn't feeling it. I was like, where's this going? Yeah, I missed the comical beats when people started laughing at certain parts. I was like, was that supposed to be a joke? What What did I miss? And usually I have a really odd sense of humor. And so, like, I laugh at things that no one else is laughing to. So I, I don't know if it was because I didn't know much going into this because it was a period piece. Yeah. I didn't see these moments intentionally trying to be comedy pieces, but I can't imagine... You have someone like Tina Fey taking up as this American author, and you don't give her some zingers. She has a f- she had a few, yeah, she, she had, had a few, few that I think she delivered, but she was also kind of distracting. There was not a time in this movie, unfortunately, where I didn't think that's Tina Fey. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I don't think she's done enough mo- things outside of for like, her comedy shtick where I'm like, that's not not Tina Fey. Agreed, agreed. That, that that's a fair point. It was very distracting because I'm like Kenneth Branagh is like. Say what you will, like he's had some hit and misses with performances and stuff, but Kenneth Branagh is a fucking, he's an established actor. He's like, he does like his shit, right? And so to see him and like he's doing a two-handed with Tina, Tina Fey, I was like, this is confusing. This is weird. I will say, though, I mean, to the red herrings that you all are, oh, are alluding to. Oh, by the way. What happened? Um, there is something interesting about the mystery within the mystery that I think I found more distracting, mm. which was, it, it's more than just like, like throwing off the whodunit part, but like having this whole like concoction of like, 
this one is cahoots with that one to bring the detective out of hiding oh, yeah, to yeah. then discredit. Oh, yeah, it was almost like too much. So yeah. they said, so Tina Fey and his bodyguard, played by the dude, the bad guy from uh, John Wick 2, they essentially brought him out of retirement to embarrass him to give Tina Fey a bump in her new book that she was writing. Yes. Along, yeah. But they, they said that they were in cahoots with the medium. It, well, was, yeah, because it was almost like so was, far. For 1940s, that seems very far-fetched. Because they had that one dude. Like, she had two. Michelle Yeoh had two assistants, and one had already pickpocketed to get into the secret bedroom to hide in the fireplace to do the me- well, he mechanic didn't pick, thing. Well, he picked the lock. That's yeah. not pickpocketing. Oh, yeah, 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 to yeah, do, yeah. Like, to do the mechanic thing with the typewriter and stuff. To, to do this magical thing. So for me, I was kind of like, that's a lot of work. Like, I agree with you. I was like, like they didn't a have lot email, so how did they coordinate all this magic to happen simultaneously? Well, I, I mean, I do have to say, I, at first I was like, damn, the set designer did a good job. But then I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, wait, but is this just a house in Venice that they found that happened to look amazing? You know Possibly. what I mean? <laughs> I, well, well, I, I mean, saw the architecture yeah, I mean, like, this could it, just be Venice. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, it, Europe has some really old. We walk away from here because it smells like trash. Okay. I mean, it's we're kind of like Midtown is. Folks, you're getting deep inside (laughs) baseball to Media Pocket. We're literally walking on Eighth Avenue. Got some. We're it's going to get noisier though because we're right by the garden. (laughs) Yeah, so we should probably walk this way. Yeah, we should probably go back on the box that we are on. All right, all right. Yeah, (laughs) there's there's no way around. Oh, let's walk towards Seventh Ave. And, it, and, and there's a subway, uh, guys. Sure. There's as long subway. as it doesn't take We're about Justin to wrap this so bad boy up anyway. It's a mini review, baby. It's a mini review. <laughs> All right. But, okay. So, for the murder mystery I like side of things, what did y'all think? Did you think it was a good murder mystery? Or did you think... I thought it was. I thought it was decent. I thought yeah. for a murder mystery, I, I think it it gave you all those murder mystery beats. Okay. Um. I it, it it you know it, it was intriguing. It, you know it was fun because because you it, it made it you fun? ask all of those. Qu- no, but I think it made you ask all those questions okay. and, and try to trace the lineage behind everyone. It's like all right, so why? What would be their motivation? Why yeah. this and and such and such and such? Which I think. Is what makes the fun of a murder mystery. Yeah. I mean, once the boyfriend or the ex-fiance said, like, the mom didn't want us to be together, and he had the ripped up picture, and then once uh, Kenneth Brown found the other half of the picture in the bedroom, I was like, oh, that's probably the mom who ripped that shit up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, so this is pointing towards mom. And well, then once, I mean, once you saw the photos of the flowers in the garden, like fucking Joe from a well, yeah, you, we, it was like these are poison. But, but at the same time, being someone, uh, being someone who, who's uh, who's broken up with a few people in this day, you know, a woman ripping a picture up and throwing it at you is very, <laughs> it, it, like, you know, th- that's very real. So. It could have very well have been that she uh, ripped up that picture, and then he picked up the. He has a picture yeah. of her, but or you know, no, I actually like lift. No, these are now? these are city, city bikes. bikes. These are the new city bikes. Oh. The electric ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I actually, I actually just, I actually thought what he was saying was like they had taken a picture and they split it, and that he would carry hers and she would carry his. Uh, and so the fact mm. that she still had his photo sure, meant that she still show. wanted to be with him. Oh, I, okay, I see. What you're and saying. so, and so that I think is is what I interpreted from that moment of because he he's taking out his handkerchief, so it's like a like a secret uh, thing, like he still yeah. loved her. So the fact that he was engaged doesn't is more for like the convenience of 
of being married at that time versus like the actual love component, which he loved her, not necessarily he's like in love with his new fiance. Okay, so so you're saying it's like the the rip wasn't the thing out of like fuck you, you son of a bitch, you you're tearing my heart out, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. But more <laughs> of uh, more of just like we can't be together, and, and you, know, you can have a piece of me. I'll, yeah, I'll keep a piece of you. Because your mom will let us be together, and now you're yeah. going crazy. No, so, I actually think y'all are taking it more deep than that. Of like, if if right now, right, if Brendan had a traditional wallet and he had a picture of me in his wallet, it's to show like how much he loves me. Mm -hmm. If I had a traditional well, wallet, I would have a picture of Brandon. Yes. So I think in those times, photographs were um, not as com common as they are. They were expensive later and, on. And that was a color picture too. And it was right. color. Yeah. So I think they did their, you know, they did their best to try to like. I don't think they thought to like take scissors to it. I think it was like, here, take a piece of me wherever you go. No, but but that's what I'm saying though. Yeah, that's but I don't think it had anything to do with the mom. I just no, think no, it was no, no, genuinely no, no. like. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they, you know, it, yeah, he added that. But yeah. <laughs> no, but I, you know, but I think the tearing of the photo was, you know, like you're well, saying, like you know, it was them, you know, giving a piece of the, uh, of each other, you know, to carry around with. But you know, symbolically, it's also the fact is like there's a wedge that came between them, and it's not necessarily. Well, here's the thing for me, right? And so this is obviously, that means this murder mystery was centered around a love story. Yeah. Which we did not get enough context about. And also, I didn't care about because the actor that played the fiance was god awful. I yeah. don't know his name, but that performance was terrible. From the first scene when he's like, I came for a seance and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I was like, who is this guy? I'm, listen. He looked like he played for Duke Lacrosse or something. <laughs> <laughs> if I got. Did. Oh, and then they had like a New York joke, and I was just like, everybody oh, yeah, laughed, and I was like, mm, it wasn't that funny. He's like, you guys come to New York. You can come you to New York, you get a hot dog. I was like, mm. anywho. But let's be real. If I got an invitation about one of my exes, you know, and there's going to be new information revealed. I mean, I move, I move forward in relationships, right? Mm. So, like, and I ain't showing up. Oh, no, and they said he was with a new uh, He's with a new, woman, he was engaged. Oh, no, he's, he engaged. he's engaged to a new uh, But, like, if I just got bitch. a random ass okay. invitation saying, Tatiana, show up here, more info about your ex. I'd be like, the fuck? Yeah, but is your ex dead? I mean, not that I'm aware of, no. No, but, but, that's, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But if you know that your ex is dead and you feel like the, uh, the, the way uh, the, it, it feels a little iffy on how that thing went and you still you know, held love for that person, maybe you might show up. But then again, we're also putting this in 1947 where everybody's a fucking hero. The war just happened. And he's just oh, like, well, right. I have to show yeah. up. Yeah. It's like, it's my liberty. <laughs> I, I, that, that's that's. Not what they'd say, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it was either like he wanted to know like what, any new information about what happened to her, or he did it and wanted to make sure like no one like yeah was saying some shit. And that's why I was like, oh, so the mom like hired this to such. Oh, but she thought that the woman might be blackmailing her. That's the whole thing. Yeah, she so either the, thought it was her or the doctor. Who so was the mom thought that the the medium or the doctor was blackmailing her, and I think this How is what medium I know. Or but this is what I'm on. saying. Or is the boyfriend? No, no, no. So they, they, the, the detective mentions it. It's either the medium or the doctor because there's like certain pieces that are known 
that wouldn't necessarily have been oh, known. You're, you're right, because Tina Fey invited the boyfriend. Right, but then that's this right. is what I'm saying is like oh, there's yeah, there's yeah, too the much apple, of, of, of together, there's like too that. much of a mystery within a mystery within a mystery with this this beeline story of like yeah. I'm gonna embarrass you because my book sales are down of like Yeah, she, she turned on him real quick. She's like, You don't have friends. I was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, he, he was just chilling in He his was villa. like, that's why I'm secluded in Venice by my damn self. That's why he had a bodyguard to fucking well, yoke the body, these people <laughs> into the, the river. He was in on it too, apparently. Yeah. I was like, he couldn't trust nobody. If I'm that nigga, I'm just, I'm just becoming like Sidney Prescott. I mean, like, everybody I fired name. at this point because you can't trust a damn soul. That's true. That's true. But, uh, Justin, we're in the streets of New York City. Let's break down our rain system, baby, because things Stop are going calling little. me, baby. So, guys, we <laughs> sat down. Oh, so, yeah, we sat down in a theater, and we watched we did. Uh, Haunting in Venice, uh, a film starring Kenneth Branagh, Tina Fey, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Dorian. Henry Cavill 2.0. I, 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 don't, no, I, don't, I don't know about 2.0. Yeah, he 2.0. I, I, w- I would say about negative uh, 0.5. Yeah, he, okay. <laughs> I mean, the body, body muscle that Henry Cavill has is fucking crazy. Okay. The muscle yeah. mass is what you meant? That's what I meant. What the body, body muscle? muscle? <laughs> like, it sounds like you, you're talking about his dick. dick. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> 100%. When you said body muscle, it's like, bro, like, wh- 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 where are we going here? My bad, my bad. <laughs> you know something we don't? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you talk about that kryptonite in his pants. Anyhow, um, so you know how we do this. We rate movies bags of popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL40 exceptional. That's right. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, we throw it into the dog shit pile. We pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So first of all, we are going to run over to Tati. What say you? My name's Tatiana, coming to you from West 30th and 8th Avenue. I am rating this movie a small. Did I need it in my life? No. Did I enjoy it? For a bit. Figured out the means of the murder. Kind of figured out who the murderer was about 60% of the way through. Had to use the bathroom for the last 40 minutes. Yeah, she leaned over. She's like, how much longer do you think this is? I was like, um, I was at least 30 minutes. Probably. And considering that my bladder is a good indicator of like whether or not I would actually get up in the middle of a movie. And I so wanted to had it not been for the lady at the end with the cane and she took forever yeah. to get up. Agatha Christie was literally sitting at the <laughs> end of our um, But it is a She's small. Like, oh, you need to get out, child. <laughs> it is a small. She screamed as she moved. If I never see it again, I'm okay. But yeah. was it the worst movie I've ever seen, especially in 2023? No. Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to go with a small as well. I uh, I kind of have a problem with the fact that the only person of color, Michelle Yeoh, um, spoiler alert, everybody, dies pretty quickly. Um, and then that's it. It's just a bunch of white people uh, <gasps> trying to figure out who killed each other. Who killed a shit. white woman. Um, I also like, I, I feel like I, I, I'm a bit bummed that they didn't go with the full plot. With the original plot. Kill them kids. I think it's a really interesting (laughs) story. They could have still done a lot of the same beats, but like it raises the stakes when you kill a kid. See, also said they I saw come to the dark side, Brandon. Come to the dark well, side with Justin even, and I. It's just, it's just kill the kids, kill the kids. The shock value alone. I think this is his best adaptation of an Agatha Christie mm. novel so far, Kenneth Branagh. But I also don't know if he needs to do another one. I also don't think they need to give it to him. I think, you know, he tried some creative camera angles and. The set design was way better than previous movies, but the acting is still inconsistent. He likes to have these like rainbow casts 
of talent, but it just did not work, especially in this one. Well, before Justin jumps in, I want to ask you, Brandon, since you have the book knowledge yeah. and you have now this particular like screen adaptation, do you think the adaptation should have been modernized to keep it truer to the book? No, it could have still been in the same time period. I oh. think I think it's just it's just I don't know. I think maybe the studio was like, yeah, we can't kill a kid, but it's already kind of was this PG thirteen? We don't know because yeah, probably right. Yeah, because like, it, it wasn't really bloody. There was no swearing, so PG thirteen. I don't know if killing a kid immediately jumps into an R, but I just for me like that immediately because I thought they weren't showing anything in the trailers because I'm like. They fucking kill a kid. I told you guys before we yeah. even saw yeah, it. Yeah. And then like when that happened, if it's Michelle Yeoh, I'm like, oh, they fucking, they just pussied out. And so for me, that kind of like really frustrated me. And um, I think that could have really propelled this movie to another level in regards to the murder mystery genre and really set it apart from what Ryan Joss is doing Knives Out. Because until, until Kenneth Branagh figures something out and how to make that character connect and how to make these stories connect on a like universal level, these movies are always going to feel a little niche. And I think for me, even as a murder mystery fan, it's just very blah. So, Justin? Okay, so before I uh, uh, throw my rating down, I will say that, uh, you know, for one, it's a period piece. And being a period piece, and like you said, you know, the only person of color, untrue. Because there were two black babies that were at yeah, that in the orphanage, orphanage. Oh, yeah, and then there right. was an Asian baby too, which oh, is yeah, funny. Oh yeah, that brown dude was uh, from a uh, one. Of oh the, yeah, the, but he's like sisters. biracial because yeah, yeah. him and the white sister. Yeah, they yeah. So they, they, they made that, sure to make like we knew that he was biracial. That was so unnecessary. Well, well, but it's funny because when I saw those two little black kids, I'm just like they shouldn't belong here, yeah. <laughs> especially in in uh, Venice and Italy after World War Two. After all the shit that went on in World War II, you think yeah. little black babies wouldn't be welcome in fucking... Well, but well then that's again, why they're, why they're in orphans, orphanage. yeah. Yeah, but still. But, I, mean, still but Ita- I mean, Italian men love black women. Listen, not everybody is fucking... Um, uh, oh, my God, Robert De Niro, okay? No, I mean, like, Italian, <laughs> Italian in yeah. Italy. Because when I, last I went to Italy, they were like, oh, my God. And I was like... <laughs> Anyways, keep but going. Either, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> l- l- let me shut the fuck up. I was about to say something inflammatory. Anyway, <laughs> not against you guys. But, Damn. Um, I thought uh, we was family. <laughs> and we were together like peas and carrots. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I... I, I very much enjoy murder mysteries, and if I yeah. don't see one in a while, I always enjoy it, and that's why I'm going to give it a medium. Okay. Uh, okay. But is it the best? No. Is it? Um. Uh. But like I, f- for tonight, especially going into it, not realizing that it was a murder mystery at first until I was like, oh shit, that's Agatha Christie, and I'm like, okay, I know what this is. I enjoyed it for what it was. Got it. Uh, but at the same time, what I say to somebody, this is a movie that you have to see. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I mean, for, I, for I guess, you know what? I'm talking myself into a small. <laughs> so wait for it on Max or something like that. Like, yeah. you don't have to rush to see it in the theater. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, seeing the theater was very awkward because it was all these, in the screening we saw it, it was all these forced people into a movie mm-hmm. yeah. that I think were forcing themselves to enjoy various parts of it versus being honest and, like, this is just fine. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's also talk about the fact is that, uh, never mind. 
<laughs> I well, I mean, I was very confused well, because yeah, they mentioned it was a yeah. critic screening, and what I saw was very much influencer, not necessarily critic. Well, that's the new world, baby. That's the new world. Yeah, order. well, I mean, uh, influencers are now the new critics because they get the most burn uh, on social media, which means that their their thought pattern counts more than anybody else's. That's right. That's All the new right. world. Order. Speaking I mean, of influencers, y'all can follow me at Frodo underscore Blackens on Instagram and threads. You can follow the show and BDMP podcast and all the social media platforms. Tatiana, how can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Boricua Collins. All right. And Justin, how can people follow you as well to support the show financially guys, if they you, choose to do so, my Guys, brother. you can follow me at Jay Brown Did It on the socials, but you can follow the show on Patreon.com slash Medium Popcorn. We have $2, $5, <laughs> $10, and $15 packages. That's right. Give all of package. our backlogs are on Patreon. We have uh, bonus episodes. There's so much. So it's Patreon is where you want to be. Again, it's Patreon.com slash Medium Popcorn. Yeah, we're, we're recording this right outside the Molly Wee. Which is yeah. a wild name. Huh? We're rec- recording a podcast. Uh, don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Huh? It's uh, Medium Popcorn. Medium Popcorn. Medium Popcorn. Medium popcorn. It's on um, Apple. Every, it's all where the, everywhere. All the podcasts. <laughs> so we got people out here just get in the streets. That's right. Medium Popcorn on the streets. We do movie reviews and comedy and shit like that. That's right, y'all. But y'all know, MediumPopcorn.com. Get with us. Uh, yeah. If you don't hear any other yep, recordings. Movie reviews. Pray for us. Peace, guys. <laughs> Medium popcorn. We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Medium popcorn. You haven't seen it, well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pissed, it's all your fun.